You're listening to Fly By Night, a podcast by FedEx Pilots for FedEx Pilots. Brought to you by the FedEx Master Executive Council of the Airline Pilots Association. And now, here's your host, MEC Communications Chair, Captain Chris Lee. My guests today are MEC Chair, Captain Chris Norman, MEC Vice Chair, First Officer Tom Merrill, and MEC Secretary Treasurer, First Officer Don Lepke. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Chris, let's start with you. Talk some about your background before FedEx and what you've been doing since you've been at FedEx. Yeah, Chris, I'm a 34th year pilot with FedEx. Before this, I was a Navy attack pilot. Spent seven years doing that. Originally came from Flying Tigers. Had the opportunity to fly the 747, DC-8, DC-10, 727. Of course, all airplanes that are pretty much sitting in boneyards these days. Currently an Airbus captain and been doing that for about 17 years. Talk a little bit about your union experience. I most recently have been the uh, Block 1 rep, Council 7 chairman. That's been about a three-and-a-half-year position and just moved into the new role eight weeks ago as the MEC chair. And Tom, talk some about your background before FedEx and what you've been doing since you've been at FedEx. Thanks, Chris. Uh, It started at the regionals. I was first at ExpressJet, and then uh, I went over to Compass Airlines where I was a captain for a couple years and then got hired here at FedEx in 2016. So I'm in my sixth year now. I got hired directly into Cologne. So I spent my first five years in Cologne and then uh, just moved to Memphis here a couple months ago. And talk a little bit about your union experience. I was first secretary treasurer in Cologne, and then I became the status block rep for Council 123. I did that for a couple years, really enjoyed it, and decided to get more involved. And that's when I decided to run for vice chair this past fall. Chris and Tom, both of you took office in January. How's that been going? Well, I'll start. It's been going very well, but very busy. I'd like to start by saying our MEC is very strong. We have constant turnover in the MEC, so we are never stale. But specifically for us, busy is an understatement. We started on January 3rd. Three days in, we uh, had to issue a cease and desist to the company. So busy, yes. Has it slowed down? No. We had a couple things really going for us. We had a wonderful turnover from the previous officers. And then the continuity that we've had by Don Lepke being here and remaining as the secretary treasurer has really made it more of a uh, seamless transition, although very, very busy. I agree with that, Chris. Our first couple of weeks were extremely busy. We had an MEC meeting, and then we went to National in Washington, D.C. to learn what our new roles are going to be. It really helped us learn our jobs. And then this past February, we were able to be in the office more and really start taking hold of office and what's going on. The one thing that's been exciting for me with Chris and Tom coming on board is the fresh blood. We've been dealing with COVID for two and a half years. And when Tom and Chris came on, it feels like COVID slowing down. But that being said, it's allowed us to refocus on negotiations and reinvigorate our planning as we go forward. And so we're aggressively preparing and implementing new strategies to communicate with the public, the pilots, and the company. So that's been a nice addition to having Tom and Chris come on board. All three of you were previous MEC representatives. How do you see your role now that you're officers? Well, for me, I've been doing this now for three years. I've got another year left in the term, and I had quite a bit of experience at previous airlines before I came here. So as a block rep, I sort of knew what to expect, but that was a learning experience in and of itself. Having the continuity at the MEC table is just as important as having the continuity in the officer corps. And thankfully, we do have some MEC members who are previous MEC members, so we do get some of that continuity. 
as an officer, one of the responsibilities I saw to take on was ensuring the future leadership of the organization. And part of that was to uh, implement some in-house training for our new reps. So we've developed FedEx-specific training for our reps, and hopefully it will pay dividends as we progress through the negotiations. Chris, one of the biggest differences between being a block rep and being an officer is it's much more expansive, the role. Even though in Council 7, we were looking at the most senior pilots and the most junior pilots, there's still so much else going on in the background. You come into this office and you see how hard the committee volunteers are working, how hard our CE is working, our lawyers, our entire staff. So it is a big transition. You go from having a microcosm of what's going on to a full-blown picture and how that fits into our day-to-day operations here at the Alpha offices and as we seek improvements for the crew force. When I was a block rep in Cologne, it was nice working with a small group of pilots because we were able to individually see what was going on in a pilot's life and maybe their family's life. Moving on to the MEC, and especially in my role where I deal more on the committee level, it's been nice to see how those committees interact with those pilots. So it's a different scale, but it's something that I really enjoy because working with CIRP or bereavement or safety, and when they get to interact with an individual pilot, it's nice to see that things are still getting done. So while in my new role, I don't get to interact with those pilots directly, I still get to see the work that is done by our committees and get to coordinate that. That's really what this job is about. That's really where I see value in this role as vice chair is working with those committees to make sure that uh, the coordination is there for our pilots. Well, obviously, the hot topic among our pilots right now is negotiations. Can you talk about how that's going? From my perspective, retirement is the issue. There are other issues that we are bargaining for, but retirement is the main issue. And the company is not coming to the table yet with what we consider ratifiable retirement proposals. Our focus priorities are achievable, and it will have an important impact on our pilot's quality of life. To be clear, significant bargaining still remains, but May 30th is still achievable. It is what is in our protocol agreement, and it is something that we can still get with the bargaining that we have remaining between now and then. I think it's important that we remember that the major goal that our pilots told us through all the surveys is retirement. And 70% was a replacement ratio that the company talked about, 99 And if 70% replacement ratio for our pilots in 1999 was good enough then, it's good enough now. As the other officers have stated, one of the issues that we are having is, is the company ready to come to the table with meaningful improvements. We always come to the table prepared. We need the company to do the exact same thing. That is how we will reach our goals in an achievable timeline. I'd also like to talk a little more specific here. As Don mentioned, Section 28, retirement, is our key bargaining. But that doesn't mean it's the only thing we're looking at. The company opened sections that we chose to leave closed. The company chose to open scope and vacation. Those were things that we were not interested in negotiating with the company during this negotiating cycle. We were trying to stick with priorities, which included retirement as our primary goal. Of all the sections that are related to the quality of life issues, Section 8, deadheading, has the least amount of agreement between us and the company. The company is focused on what they call an industry standard use of company jump seats. 
with a pilot force that's greater than 50% commuters, this is something that is a non-starter for us. It is something that will affect every single pilot at this company regarding deadheads and jump seats, and that's something that we just can't allow. The company is focused on what they call industry standard, but they also brought to us what they thought was an industry standard in retirement, which was bankruptcy era retirement plans. And they're trying to also bring that into your jump seats and into your deadheads as well. The company's interpretation of industry standard as they're applying it to both retirement and as they're applying it to company deadhead use is not our interpretation. All of you recently attended a pub event, and we have more coming up in the future. Can you talk about these events and the importance of pilot participation, especially now that we're in contract negotiations? Well, you know, we had 45, maybe 50 pilots and family members at our pub event in Phoenix. When the pilots show up, it just gives us a chance to get out and, one, get the families to understand that when we need to ask pilots to come out and support us in future events, whether that be picketing, whether that be rallies, that it's important. And that's why we're going out and doing these pub events to connect with the families and then also to sit around at a table with a group of six or eight pilots and just answer their questions on what's going on. The pub events are great opportunities for the pilots, the pilots' families to get together and get to know each other in a specific area. So some of those people didn't even know each other when they walked in the room. By the time they left, we all understood our common goal. We were helping build our team. And when I talk to them, one of the things that I look at is I don't look at a single pilot. I look at every pilot being a family. Sometimes it's a spouse. Sometimes it's children, partner. It doesn't matter. They're all the people that we represent. So when I look at 5,600 pilots, what I'm really looking at is 20,000 to 25,000 people. And Chris, it's great reaching out to cities where pilots live instead of just their bases, because at the Phoenix event alone, we had Hong Kong represented, Oakland represented, Anchorage represented, Memphis. We had a smattering of all fleets, all seats, which really helps because then we get to hear the issues that pilots are experiencing for long haul flying, for doing hub turns in Memphis. We get to hear about every single story and really what affects them and how can we help through negotiations and just in general. And the unity this builds is critical. Absolutely. The unity it builds, talking to the pilots, hearing their frustrations, mainly their frustrations with the company, with COVID, with lockdowns, and how we can eventually start working our way out of that is why we like to do these events, making sure that they're also participating. They're reading our emails. Every Tuesday, you got the positive rate. You have our fast reads. Them coming to these events are huge just to make sure that they are staying engaged and participating. Yeah, the active participation of the pilot group is absolutely critical for our success in negotiations. The company will look past our negotiating committee. They will look past the officers. They will look to the pilots. And so when the pilots are participating in these events, the company notices. Well, thanks for coming. Any final thoughts? Well, every time I go see a group of new hires, and obviously we have new hires coming in every two weeks, I always take a copy of the contract because we have civilians and military pilots arriving. And the one question I always like to ask them is, why'd you come to FedEx? And inevitably, it's because it's a great job. And when I hear that, I hold up the contract and point to it and say, this is why it's a great job. It's a great job because we're in negotiations right now making this document better, and this document is what made you decide to come to work at FedEx. FedEx advertises all those benefits for you. Well, as pilots, we negotiate those benefits. They're not given to us. We have the best benefits in the industry, 
and we plan on improving it through this Section 6 bargaining. Tom? An important part of the process of negotiations and even after negotiations that I'd like to stress is talk to your reps. You can find who your rep is by logging into fdx.alpa.org. They'll have their contact information there, or you can submit a DART. But your reps are your lead to the MEC. They are the MEC, and they are your lead to the officers. Last thing I'd like to talk about is fatigue in our FRMC chair, Rob Bassett. If you notice, usually in the positive rate, he has an article in there talking about fatigue. The last two years of COVID, we've talked about revisions, extensions, and just go, go, go of our schedules in our everyday lives. And something you need to look at is the I'm Safe checklist and what Rob talks about with his communications. Something I can't stress enough is every time you go fly, ask yourself, am I well-rested? Is my crew well-rested for this flight and the operation that we're currently doing? The most important thing you can do as a FedEx pilot is to make it home to your family safe. And Chris, we'll end with you. Well, thank you, Chris. As we know, negotiations are top priority, but it's not our only issue. Staying with retirement momentarily, this is not business as usual. I have personally been here for every negotiation cycle. We have seen what has happened in the past, and it appears the company wants to repeat that history. We will not repeat that history. We will not be deterred from our goals in negotiations. But as I said, we're not just a one-issue group here. We have other issues that face our pilots every day. One of the biggest issues is mental health. We have had so many lockdowns in foreign countries, and we have had so many extensions and so much time away from families that we know that it's affecting our pilot group. The pandemic has affected everyone, but in our case, we have continued to be at work, and that has actually driven other problems and other issues. So we need you to take care of your mental health We are progressing to do what we can to give you more assets in that arena. As I said in my latest com, I need captains to be captains. You have to take care of your crews. I can fix the problems afterwards in some cases, but I cannot fix the ones that are happening in front of you. One of our biggest issues facing the pilot group and all airlines is reduced crew member operations. We will need your help in this battle, too. We will be briefing you further on these. But as I came into office, I let the entire MEC and the group know that two of my biggest issues were mental health and reduce crew member operations. We will continue to lead. That is what you've asked us to do, and that is what we will do. We are one team. We're the leaders of one team. There is another team on the other side. Our team consists of your MEC, your MEC officers, and every one of you. We need your engagement. Our careers depend on your engagement. This is our union. This is our future. Well, thanks again for coming, and thanks for listening. If you have any questions, please go to our website, fdx.alpa.org, and utilize the DART link. And as always, be safe out there, and we'll see you next time.